Welcome to Baker Hill's podcast, Lending Made Easy, the show where we demystify the world of commercial lending and bring you up to speed on everything you need to know to make lending easy. I'm your host, Mitch, and I'm here to help you navigate the complex world of lending and finance. Whether you're a seasoned banking professional or new to the industry, this podcast will provide you with valuable insights and information that will help you succeed. So join us as we explore the exciting world of banking. Grab your coffee, close your spreadsheets, and let's dive into today's episode of Lending Made Easy. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Lending Made Easy. So we step into our brand new season and into a brand new year of 2024. I really want to make sure that bankers like you are equipped to navigate the challenges that are ahead and, and seize the opportunities here in, in the coming year. So today's episode is what should a banker's New Year's resolution be for 2024? Joined by David Catalano and Brian Peckinpah to discuss what could lie ahead for bankers uh, in the year. But before we really dive in, I, I've got to ask, Brian, David, uh, did either of you make New Year's resolutions this year? Not any formal ones, Mitch. You know, I, I think as as every year, just strive to to be a little bit better than we were last year. Try to focus a little bit more on some work life balance. You know, make sure I take a little bit of time off and uh, do something for myself every once in a while. Yeah. So, Mitch, I've got two. The first is uh, plan my vacations, so I have something to look forward to. So, I'm making making sure that's done and they're not last minute. And the second thing is I've been reading some fitness research and all around cognitive ability and the impact of high intensity exercise and your cognitive ability. And I thought, wow, what a great way to make me sharp during the day. So I've been doing these Tabata workouts uh, every day this year so far. Um, I usually do one or two, but I find after I do them, I'm wicked sharp. So uh, that's what I've been doing. So we'll see how how long those last. I mean, I've been working out for forever, decades it's just a different protocol. It's much faster, much more intense, and does clear the mind. So we'll see how we'll see how this works out for us. Well, I guess kind of getting back on topic here. So you know, in the mindset of a banker, you know, if you are banker coming into this year, you know, we've had a, had an interesting twenty twenty three to, to say the least, right? But if you're making a new year resolution as a banker, what would it be for this year? Uh, and these are my, mine are going to be mine are somewhat tactical, very very tactical. But I look at the landscape, I look at deposit funding, cost of funds, the deposit landscape changing, federal home loan balances rising, money market funds increasing. And I'm thinking, how do I make sure as a banker, I always uh, have a mind on my customers and and, and I'm touching all the right customers at the right time. So if I was running a bank today, I'd have an always on cross-sell marketing program, active, activated, measured, monitored, tracked. And I'd have that going. I'd have a plan for the year. And I would make sure that I, that I pay attention to my high deposit households. I'd make sure I pay attention to any changes in behaviors around those deposits, those deposit accounts, and the loan accounts, frankly, especially the larger loan accounts. So there's a couple things I would do. One, one would be that cross-sell marketing program. And the second would be I'd, I'd put some type of software in to monitor changes in behaviors uh, of my accounts, both on the deposit side and the loan side. These are a little bit defensive, but in the current environment, I think that's that prudent. Um, but they also are offensive, meaning you're going to grow, right? So the best place to go to your deposits is with your high deposit households. They got more money elsewhere. That's a fact. We know that from marketing to banks or for banks and credit unions. So th- those are two right there. I don't 
Brian, what are you, what are you thinking? So I'll go the opposite way, Dave, and I'll go high level. I won't go tactical. If, if, <clears throat> if I had a recommendation for bankers as, as they think about resolutions for the year, first and foremost, I would encourage everybody to resolve to be positive. I think there's been a lot of you know doom and gloom in 2023. A lot of folks that have predicted that carrying over into 2024. I would resolve to find the positive in all of these scenarios, and I think that blends well with what David was talking about. You know, find ways to grow your deposits to counteract the the deposit flight that we're seeing. Invest in technology in anticipation of markets coming back. Find those positive indicators. Find those positive things to latch onto to drive our industry forward and instead of focusing on what's what's front and center, which is a lot more doom and gloom, you know, around the credit markets, around, you know, lending performance, even in, in a lot of instances around bank financial performance. So so strive to find that positivity. And then second, more so than probably ever before, be prepared for change. I think this is a year to operate month by month and quarter by quarter instead of in overarching yearly goals and objectives because of the likelihood for you know material change as we move throughout the year you know I think everybody is in the same camp that the the start to the year could continue to be what we saw in 2023 but I think there's a, there is optimism in the back half of the year an opportunity to to see those markets shift and again to make sure you're prepared for it so so focusing in on positivity and change is, is what I would encourage as resolutions for bankers out there. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Brian. The, the other uh, bullet I had in my list was to build your digital roadmap. And, and many bankers have a digital roadmap. Their boards have insisted, their management teams have put those together. But assess where you are on those roadmaps and then look at where where are you making your money and what's that digital world look like? Are you still doing implementing manual process in the most critical areas of your business? And when I say critical areas, I mean, what's driving interest income? What's driving income in general? And are you moving towards a digital process there? And and always keep in mind that whenever you implement technology, it's a second job for the people that will be implementing that. And the best time to do that is when they're not as busy. Uh, so waiting for an upturn in, say, loan production uh, before buying software doesn't make a ton of sense. The, really, the right way to do that is when they're not busy so they can do it right you know, as Brian said, watch out, be ready for change. Because when you implement a digital solution, you don't want to put a manual process in place with technology. That's not how it works. So there's going to be some change involved there and understanding and embracing that change in a, in a lower volume environment is a better approach than waiting to everyone's busy to try and implement some type of digital technology within your within the bank or credit union. Yeah, I like that idea, right? Brian, be looking for the positive, right? I think that's often gets lost. We think about what's coming up and we we tend to focus on kind of our biggest problem and not really think about the opportunities. So I think, you know, focusing on those opportunities that are that are ahead in 24, what do you guys see as some of those big opportunities that could be out there standing for for a banker in the coming year? So I think one of the big opportunities, you know, the the lending market as a whole is bound to come back at some point. You know, the, the, we go through cycles all the time, and and it's it's bound to rebound. I, I think there's an opportunity for that to happen in the back half of the year. And as as David was talking about, making sure you're ready for it, making sure you're ready to capitalize. And what can you be doing now to not just get your historical fair share, but more? 
you know, this is the opportunity to, to put new processes in place, put new technology in place, build new strategies, hire new and different types of staff. So as an example, if you're, if you're historically a, a CRE based lender from a commercial perspective, is this an opportunity to go find high level talent that has a specialty in, you know, different CNI niche and market segments that could again allow you to hit really hit the ground running, you know, and, and take advantage of the rebound in new and different ways as opposed to your competition. You know, I think the the more we all adjust to the what I would call return to normal as it relates to interest rates. You know, we've talked about it many times on this podcast. The last 20 years has been the anomaly, not what is happening now, aside from how quickly it rose back. But we're we're just back to what were historical levels of normality from a, a rate perspective. It, you know, and people have had time to adjust to that, to start building strategies around, you know, what does it look like with a non-free money uh setup? And I, I think there's you know opportunity to lead from the front again. To, to figure out new and different ways to price products, to acquire customers profitably, as opposed to just finding those that are rate shopping, right? That, that you know, maybe aren't sticky and, and long-term clients. So I think there's a lot of opportunities to take advantage of if you just think about the challenges as opportunities instead of just as challenges. Yeah, I would agree. This, this could be a good year for the economy. I don't know if it will be, but we should see some rate decreases this year. Typically stimulate the economy, and I, I know the market, the stock market is a leading indicator. And if you look at last year's performance, it's it was wonderful overall. Obviously, more for some of the bigger high tech firms, but at the end of the day, those indexes were up, and those indexes are leading indicators of what's to happen. That's not what has happened; it's what's to happen. Because if uh, that market thought something bad was going to happen, it would sell off. Uh, fairly aggressively. So uh, I, th- I think that we're potentially teed up here for a positive 24, especially the second half of 24. And you could see uh, growth in the economy and it could be in, in new and different areas. So just be ready for those. Be open to considering new ideas, new niches, new places to go to pick up you know, additional loan production, maybe in areas you're not used to or have historically been in, but you could find some talent that understands those markets and can bring some mature underwriting to the institution so that you're not getting yourself hurt moving into new areas. Awesome. Well, you know, one of the things I'm hearing from both of you is 2024 sounds kind of like a a back to the basics year, right? Where we're looking at the opportunities that are ahead, really focusing on the fundamentals of banking, understanding how to execute on those well. How do we do what we do really well, but then also look for those opportunities? And as a, I'll use your words, David, as a prudent banker, how do we pursue those opportunities in a way that's going to help us be profitable and grow our market share. So Brian, David, thank you guys so much for your insights today. I think some great takeaways and some some good ideas for some opportunities coming up for, for bankers here in the coming years. And thanks for everyone for listening to today's episode of Lending Made Easy. 